What up, guys? I got a question for you. Happy Thursday, by the way. The question is this. Have you ever been around someone whose vibration was higher, like much higher? I'm talking levels above you. And just being around them, just being around their temperature raised your temperature, it raised your vibration immediately, like instantaneously. Think about that. Think about those those people that have come through your life who have impacted you in that way in an instantaneous impact. That person, for me, was this guy, Rock Thomas. And I cannot wait for you guys to lift off in this conversation. So let's get it. Yes, 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 guys. Energy is real. Um, I've been talking about it on multiple Mindset Mondays uh, from weeks prior. And you guys, actually, the last Monday Mindset Monday that I put out, uh, it's time for a software update. I have gotten more DMs on that Mindset Monday than almost any um, Mindset Monday in the past. You guys are really blowing up uh, my Instagram DM, telling me how much you needed it. Uh, Shay Emery, my guy, uh, love you to death. Those of you uh, on on uh, the podcast who have been on the journey with me, you remember Shay Emery, who was a guest back in the beginning, like a real OG of the Creating Space podcast. And Shay reached out to me literally last night and said that uh, the, the the message was so needed where he was in his life. So Shay, thinking about you, I'm throwing energy your way, man. Um, and I'm throwing energy out to all of you guys because this conversation is so in alignment with where we are right now in our lives, right? Starting to take more and more focus on the words that we use, the neuro-linguistic programming, the words that we use and how it programs, how we feel, how we think, how we show up in the world, how we attack our day. And I don't know that I've seen anyone that embodies this more than Rock Thomas. Rock Thomas is, is our guest today. And to sum it up, Rock Thomas says it very plainly. Your voice is your choice, and he makes no bones about it, guys. And I don't think I need to say anything more. I just need to get out of the way and let you guys hear this incredible, incredible force of energy. He's a gladiator, and he calls himself that, and that's on purpose. And I want you guys to feel what a gladiator really feels like. So uh, let me step out of the way, guys. Lock in those headphones. Turn up that volume. Let's, uh, let's rock with rock. What's happening, guys? Welcome into the Creating Space podcast. I know I've been pushing out a lot of uh, Instagram stories, Facebook stories on this conversation that I'm having with this guest. It's a high-performance seven, eight-figure earner. He has created multiple seven-figure earners underneath him. He's a great teacher, a great inspiring energy. And what I love so much about him is that he's focused on the reprogramming of your mind and your subconscious to shift your identity to allow you to grow into who you want to become and who you truly believe you can become. This is Rock Thomas, and I am as about excited to interview Rock Thomas as I've ever been for a Creating Space podcast guest. So, Rock Thomas, my man, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. And it's a thrill to be here, Wes. We talked about it for a while, and now it's in the calendar, so it's awesome. I know, man. You know, it's, uh, it, it's so funny how six degrees of separation works. Uh, I've been really um, out there in Arizona and Diego Corzo, great friends of mine, I think Diego's in Austin, uh, have been shouting your praises for a, a long time coming. And 
obviously when you, when you dive into your life's work and what you've got going on, you can see why. So I'm just excited to, to unpack your journey. Um, and, and, and so let's, let's kind of jump it off from the very top. I like to ask the, the initial question uh, to get people started is, is what are you grateful for and what are you working on right now that you're super excited about, Rob? Well, gratitude for me often comes in the form of my, the cells in my body. Uh, I think that if we don't have, obviously, our health, then we don't have much. So I spend a lot of time, actually, probably four hours a day moving my body, try to get in about 20,000 steps. So I'm incredibly grateful for the stage of my life, the age of my life that I get to do what I do. I play golf, swim, ride, bikes, and uh, usually up at five o'clock doing something great. So I'm really grateful for the physical body that I have, among many other things, but we'll leave it at that to start with. What am I excited about? Uh, what you said at the top of ours, helping people reprogram their brain, train their brain for a higher performance. Most people don't recognize that their bank account, their weight, their relationships are all something called a result. They focus on the outside, trying to create a different result. I like to focus on the inside. What's invisible is far more important than what's visible and help them understand that they have some, you know, words create your world. I like to say that your voice is your choice and what voice are you listening to? So I'm excited about that process. Yeah, man, that, that is a life worth living and that is work worth doing. And I'm sure the amount of breakthrough that you've been able to provide for people just keeps you up at night wanting to learn new techniques and, and continue to dive deeper. So let's unpack that, Rock. You know, you've got a Goldcast video that's one of the highest downloaded and streamed videos in the history of Goldcast. Uh, you got a story that is the reason for that. And the way that you tell your story and the way that you use your words is incredible. The, your control over the inflection, you can see the passion, you can see how much your upbringing means to you. So let's start back in that, uh, in that space. Now, for those who have not seen the Goldcast video and have not heard you talk about your relationship with your father, if you could, could just begin there to sort of Give people an idea of your backstory and how you've gotten to the place that you are today. You know, I think a lot of people, Wes, want life to be easy. And fortunately for me, I grew up on a farm where life was far from easy. And I got a gift that I think many people would like to get in retrospect because difficult will come in your life if you want an awesome life somewhere along the path. Muhammad Ali or Michael Jordan or Nelson Mandela, they all went through a period of difficult which forged their character. Mm. So I've learned to seek out things that challenge me, that make my life interesting and that I have push against so I grow. But I have that discipline and muscle because of the way I grew up. But for those people that were not fortunate enough to be part of a sports team, the military, grow up on a farm, Sometimes what's happening is they're familiar with things that are not so difficult, and that's what they seek out because of the word familiar. They're comfortable with it for most people. So if, if you were raised by parents that did your homework for you and dropped you off at the front door of the school and made sure that you know your lunch had the little beautiful note inside of it, you know, I love you and all that sort of thing, then you may be at a disadvantage now, and you're going to have to do a little bit of catch up. So for me, I grew up where where I learned very easily to have a great work ethic, show up early, stay late, uh, to say yes to things that were beyond my scope and to figure it out later. And when you start to have these beliefs, what I call conclusions, they're filters that make you take action. Life is going to be much more exciting than the opposite. So successful people, as I've studied, Wes, 
they have these preset conclusions such as I'm a great student. So an athlete is saying, I'm a great student. If I don't win the game, I'm going to learn something. And therefore, I play full out no matter what. A CEO does the same thing. A struggling person, on the other hand, is their major filter might be something like this. I don't want to look bad. Uh, so somebody asks a question in the classroom and they go, I don't want to, I don't want to answer it because I don't want to look bad. They're given an opportunity to lead a meeting. They're not sure if they can do it. So they say, no, they don't want to look bad. They don't know how to work out. They don't want to be embarrassed by working out the wrong way. So they stay at home and slowly their world shrinks. So the filter of I'm a great student means that you don't win and lose. It means you win and learn, which puts you into action. So some of the things I like to teach people. I love that, man. And, and you know, this mindset, which is beautiful, and it, it's a growth mindset, which the Creating Space community is well, uh, well acquainted with. This growth mindset has, has been forged by fire. And you talked a lot about how your father was anchored to a desk, worked all day to bring in the money to support the family, and never really took the time to spend with you and, and make you feel uh, loved as a child, which is so important to the development as well. So, Walk us back through to that, th- those moments where you can remember really wanting something from your father, never receiving that. And let's, as you move through that, step to the spot that you are now where what he took away from you at that time, you're able to provide to so many other humans now through your mentorship program, right? The thing I'd like to ask after you get to that point is, are you grateful for that? And obviously, uh, is that the, the big driving motivator from all the, all the work that you're doing in the world now? Yeah, great question. So what I've learned you know, over time is that how you raise a child and you raise a successful individual in a business is through support, encouragement, and challenge. Any great athlete, or if you have a trainer in a gym, they don't just hand you weights and say, hey, you know, asshole, work hard. They are like, you know, they support you. Go here, here, 35 pounds. We're going to do flies. Are you ready? Good. You got that? That's it. You got it. Two more. Give me two more. Come on. Give me two more. So they're encouraging. They're supportive, but they also challenge you in a good measured, you know, um, result of each one of them at the right time. Sure. My father, what he did was he gave me an inordinate amount of challenge. Get out there. Lock the door. If I didn't complete my chores, couldn't eat breakfast until 22 horses were fed. I didn't have a lot of encouragement. I didn't have a lot of support. So what happened is my survival mechanism starts to kick in. I start to become used to an inordinate amount of challenge. In fact, I started to look for it. I would fight the biggest kid at school. I would take the most difficult job on pickup football team, which was to rush the quarterback and track him down every play. So in a way, you become your conditioning, and sometimes it serves you, and sometimes it doesn't. What I lacked in feeling loved and supported, my brother beat me up. I went to my dad, can you protect me? He says, no, if I have to protect you now, I have to protect you for the rest of your life. I was 11 years old. It's like, <laughs> come on, dad, throw me a bone, you know? Yeah. But that's the way he processed the world. He went through the war. To me, you know, for him, going through war and running into bomb shelters and fighting for food, to him, me just having to stick up for myself on a farm was way less in comparison for him, so that's where he came from. The result, though, was that I treated myself poorly. I didn't love myself. 
I abused my body, body with drugs and alcohol, trying to heal the wounds of feeling under supported and not loved. So let's stop, let's stop right there, Rob, because I feel like a lot of people talk about these areas of darkness and the Creating Space podcast was built because at some point in my life, I was suicidal. When I retired from soccer, my identity was gone. I was, was broke. My, inj- my knee was injured, trying to work through how I'm going to survive in this world in the next phase. And it was tough. Right. And this community has been forced together by being vulnerable and sharing what those dark moments are like. And then helping uh, share the tools that helps you get out of that space, shift and break through to the next level. So talk about that, that dark time, if you can, for a moment. Like, what, were the, what was the inner turmoil that was going on? What were you facing? How, did it, how did it, were the vices grabbing you? And what was sort of the process to help shift you or, or, or the mentors that yeah. came into your life to help you uh, get out of that space? Yeah, so I think one of the things that we all want is we want to belong. We want to feel we fit in. And I didn't feel like I fit in because I was youngest of seven kids and they always made fun of me. And when I spoke, they made made it sound like I was stupid. I had acne. They lo- joked and called me pizza face. And they were just bullying me because, we, you know, seven kids in an environment like that, you're all just trying to survive and find your place. So I took on the good little kid. I tried to help everybody be kind, not be... Um, a burden to anybody. It's called the lost child when you look at psychology. And in other words, if I don't ruffle any feathers, then I can fit in the room, stay in the room, and they wouldn't kick me out. But that strategy works for a while, but it doesn't work when you're trying to pick up girls. It doesn't work when you're trying to get picked on the football team. It doesn't work when you're trying to shine somewhere. So after a while, I realized that I'm not anybody anywhere, and I couldn't live with that. So then I started to act out, and I used alcohol as a lubricant to gain my confidence. And it started in my late teens. I was so busy working. We were so isolated. We didn't have access to anything. We didn't have a TV. My parents didn't have alcohol in the house. Um, so it was only later when I got access to this thing that I didn't know existed that I started to, like I was inexperienced with it. And I thought, well, this is kind of cool. I feel funny. I feel confident. And that went on for a while and, you know, a little bit of pot. Uh, and I started to realize I was more confident around girls and therefore it became a crutch. I was yeah. really... You know, I had this introverted attitude, right, about myself. At 23, I met my first mentor who spoke five languages and taught me basically how to be better with people. And then I was able to remove that crutch and use actual skill called Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people and actually develop a skill. And I learned throughout my life, Wes, is that there's things we don't know that we don't know. But we think that's all we have. It's like not uploading the new software to your phone and thinking that, oh, now I can't use that app and I'm screwed for the rest of my life when really you just haven't been educated around the right people. Sure. That's kind of when I became really hungry to be around better people, sought out smarter people, went to seminars and I started to realize, oh my gosh, there's all these different ways you can run your life. You can, you can be more proactive. You can think better. You can invest. You can do these things. And my love affair with personal development began. But I think that it wouldn't be fair to not mention this, is that you go through ebbs and flows. I became very successful in real estate in my early 30s and started to party again. I think it's Tony that says that when we do poorly, we ponder. When we do well, we party. And again, I went to party because I wanted the next high. I thought I was unstoppable. I was breaking every record. Um, And then some of that Doubt crept in again because as your identity changes, and you know this as, a, as an athlete, you start first want to make the team, then you make the team and you're a star, 
Now you, you have this reputation. You got to carry the team. So now you live in fear of what if I don't have an outstanding game? What if I'm not the superstar again? What if I don't make the goal on that critical play? And you now start to live in fear. This cycle is always available. And then you're subject to going back to the crutches, which I did. And I hit another rock bottom. So it kind of goes on and on as you grow and the obstacles become bigger. And fear will continue to evolve to, to face you in whatever space that you're in at that moment, right? Which is super interesting. As I'm coming out of a place right now where building the podcast and, and building a lifestyle business and, and wanting it to fit into the box that I wanted it to fit into and to grow in exponential ways, right? Just like you're talking about being outcome focused and not pro process focused, right? I, I got caught into that and burned out quicker than I would have liked to burn out. So what are some ways that you have now uh, put inside your infrastructure to keep you from burning out, to keep you from living in fear, to keep you from going back down into that uh, potential space uh, of lack of performance, um, lack of production, uh, in, in a fear-based mindset, so to speak. Yeah. So the second book I wrote called Your Epic Life Blueprint, I talk about the 10 habits of highly successful people. And after coaching people for decades, I realized there was patterns patterns that are hard for people to break and patterns that are that serve them to do well. So rule number one is 30 minutes a, a day of personal development. Infuse your mind with something positive, inspirational because negativity is everywhere. Rule number two is goal setting. Have a clear picture of what you want to create, access your reticular activating system, visualize, have vision boards, etc. So there's some fundamental things that I think you need to do to keep you on the path because the marketing of the world knows that it can hook your mind with negativity, with fear. You know, you're not strong enough. You need a pill for this. You're tired. Have a Snickers bar. Drink a beer. You're stressed out. And if you don't have a way to preserve your mindset, then you'll be run by somebody else's mind. Everybody's trying to get your eyeballs and get your attention. And sure. usually it's to sell them, sell you something that will advantage their dream. So I have these set of rules. Another one I have is that when something negative happens, I use ad, um, my adversity to my advantage. So I have a belief that if I get a flat tire, there's a gift in it. I'm going to find it. I'm going to use it. I'm going to celebrate it. I'm going to live through it. I'm going to be dominant. I will not be dominated. I have a, a saying to myself, I am a gladiator. You cannot stop me. And this Love is it. a belief that I have. So it doesn't matter what happens. The electricity could go out. My laptop can crash. My phones can fall in the pool. I will find a way to pick my kids up at school. There's and this is this is the internal dialogue, Rock, that you, that's running through your mind daily. So so so, I, and I love this because manifestation and 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 the wording that that I'm beginning to use and learn through studying and reading and pulling myself closer to people who have designed their software, so to speak, and updated uploaded their software to the right uh, caliber that they expect, right? Can we reverse engineer that for a second, Rock? Talk to me. Is it as simple as walking around and repeating over and over and over the desired outcome inside of your mind so that you take that reticular activating system and that you focus it into uh, like laser focus into the right direction? Or is it writing? Is it, is it, is it reading? Like what exactly does it look like for you? And what have you seen be successful for other people as well? So I think it's a bit of all of the above because we need validation. You could knock your head against the wall and do something on your own, go 
seven years and pray in the mountains with a monk and then come back out into the real world and get slapped around like a little bitch because you don't have the muscle, right? <laughs> so for me, I'm saying I want to be in the game. I want to be on the field of life. I want to yeah. be in the noise and be able to handle it. So one of the things that most professional athletes have is they have an entourage, right? They have their agent, they have their stretchologist, psychologist, nutritionist, they have all these people. And what's, what's, what do most of those people do? They spend most of their time telling that athlete how great they are. Hmm. They affirm to that person. They don't go, man, that was a loser game you played last night, man. You missed a shot on the buzzer. What the, what's the matter with you? They will never do that. The job is to insulate that person from the noise of the negativity of the world and constantly feed to them the same way a parent does, a good parent with a child. Is oh yeah you yeah you're walking you always gotta go 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 yay yay yeah. the kid faith plants and you pick the kid up again you go you got this yeah so it's back to that support and courage challenge of yourself and throughout your environment now the problem is that most people have such a negative dialogue that even when they're told from the outside like I could say to you you're awesome but if your programming inside goes no I'm not I'm a loser. He doesn't know that, you know, I'm addicted to porn and that uh, I just don't tell anybody. And he doesn't know that about me and I'm actually less than he thinks I am. So it, it's not only having it affirmed from other people, it's having it affirmed authentically where you're vulnerable, where you're real. And you can talk about the fact that, yeah, you did have that porn addiction or you did have that thing that was difficult, but you're working your way through it. That authentic way of communicating with people around you will reinforce your ability to transform your life. If mm. you hide because you want to look good, you're screwed. It's not yeah. going to happen. You'll be a right. fraud. So you need the outside confirmation, but you need, most importantly, that inner dialogue that you can relate to and you can start to build from. So it's it's a it's an ecosystem. Yeah, it is. It, it, you're really starting to weed out pieces of your garden that no longer fit and beginning to plant things that are new. And, and, and let's move into this next space, which um, I'm, I'm I'm just now uh, about two and a half years out, starting to become uh, introspective enough and self-aware enough to understand just how important coaches were in my life. And I can think back, I mean, the best, and I'll say this every single day of the year, the best coach I ever played for, never worked alongside was my father. He was, he coached me in track and field and that guy could get pool pieces out of me that no other coach could ever before. And, and, and he was just a gifted coach, but along the way I got to play for some incredible coaches who had been incredible players before they became coaches. And now finding a mentor and finding a new coach and continuing to search for new people to come into my ecosystem is really, really important. But that can be hard for someone who's not used to having coaches or doesn't know how to go out and find coaches. What would be the process or what is the process that you coach your mentees in now um, to help them and encourage them to go out, find new coaches, find new mentors, and how to bring them into their inner circle and and to learn from them and grow? Well, people often ask me, do you have a coach? I go, I have many coaches. I'm working on my golf game right now. So I have this really great uh, coach, John, that I see once a week. I have um, a, a swimming coach. I'm working on that. I got a trainer in the gym. If I go to a yoga class, well, that person becomes my coach for that class because I become an avid student. I'm paying attention. 
I have people that help me with my career. I have a speech coach right now to improve my speaking ability. They're like, yeah, you're a great speaker. Yeah, but I could get lazy. I could, there's things I can't see. I can improve, et cetera. And I want to be able to tell my stories even better. So I'm constantly, I, last time I counted was between eight and 10 different coaches. I spend literally tens of thousands of dollars a month on, on being the best I can be. So it's a question of how obsessed are you with le leading a full freaking life? You know, you can do, you know, uh, I'm a great decision maker. I'm a great decision maker. Or you can say, I am a great decision maker. And every day I push myself into scenarios that demand the best of me. And I've got to pay attention because the consequences are so dire. Yes. Like you can invest the amount of energy and be passionate, or you can kind of try to sleepwalk your way through life. So for me, I've learned, which was surprising to me after 50 years of kind of doing this, is that coaches are awesome, but the best leverage you get on yourself is finding yourself a bunch of peers that you don't want to be left behind from and have them coach you selflessly. So in my mastermind group, Go Abundance, we say that we're a tribe of healthy, wealthy, generous men that choose to lead epic lives, and we don't apologize for being awesome. So come spend time with us and celebrate your badassness. We want to echo that. We want to be able to be a mirror for you to tell us how great you are, because there's very few p places you can do that. But we are also going to support, encourage, and challenge you. And you don't, once you're in a tribe that you love, that shares the same values as you do, whether it's a sports team, military, you know, you're part of an academy at Harvard, whatever, you don't want to be left behind. Not That's what people have to find, Wes, is they have to find their tribe. And when they do, they'll find a part of them that not only will raise to a whole new vibration, but will also feel that sense of belonging, which is a dear emotion that we all want. Love it. So, Rot, let's talk about some of the objections that come along with someone who uh, might be listening right now and they're thinking, man, I really want to coach Rock. I really want to get pushed to this golden vibration you're talking about. And I'm almost there, but yet financially, fiscally, I'm not as responsible as I know I should be. I prioritize, you know, going to the game on the weekend, spending $150 at the bar to enjoy drinks with my friends. Um, Rock, can't really pay a coach right now. How, what is the process for you right now to delineate, okay, the value of a coach? How do you select the right coach? How do you find the right peers? Like getting down to those things, price point, you know, how do you decide when you get to it? Is it a feeling that you must trust? And do you recommend people taking out loans to get to find coaches and, and to get themselves to grow in that space? Like what, what really would you advise to, uh, if you're mentoring the, 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 the listeners here, what would be your advice in that space? Yeah. So here's the, the test is if I say to somebody, workout, pain or pleasure, some will say pain, some will play, say pleasure. Coffee, same thing. Uh, bungee jumping, same thing. We filter by what we think will be painful or pleasurable. The $150 on a Friday night with our friends may appear pleasurable compared to somebody else that would invest that in a coach. For me, I've wired myself, it's called small steps, long vision. I'm willing to take the small things that other people aren't willing to do and get the huge reward later. Jim Rohn said that for every disciplined effort, there's a multiple reward. I know that the Friday night I spend in the gym, I'm here at this hotel in Arizona. I'm usually, there's probably 200 rooms. I'm usually one of three people in the 
gym at five to six o'clock in the morning. The interesting part though, is I'm usually the only one that's back in the gym five or six o'clock at night for my second workout. That's life. So, but I have a life that has afforded me some exceptional experiences where I go 28 trips a year. I work from the beach in Mexico because I'm willing to do those things. So here's the question people have to ask yourself is, you know, will it be worth it? You have to ask that question. Will it be worth it for me to invest? I, I paid Butch Harmon $2,000 for 20 minutes of his time to improve my golf game. Same guy that, that coached Tiger Woods. Because I like to be around people that ha- are the best in the world. That just excites me. And I'll make that sacrifice. I'll toil away and work to find that $2,000. And to me, it's a phenomenal investment. So I've developed that ability to see the world that way. So to me, is it worth it? Absolutely. Number two is, will I look good? People are like, I don't want to, I don't want to coach with somebody because he's going to tell, point out the stuff I'm doing that isn't serving me. And I want to look good. I still want to put on this mirage for the world. So for me, I would rather learn than look good. I do, you know, I do pushups in the airport. I got kicked out of um, the Wynn Hotel in Vegas for doing pushups in between the dealer shuffling the deck at Blackjack because they said I was disrupting the room. But I will do things that serve my agenda, my body, my vision before I'll let culture decide that. So looking good comes secondary to me. In fact, I often embarrass my girlfriend. She goes, please don't do that here. I'm like, baby, you know, maybe I just, I, I just, I gotta, I, I know. That's, so, so let's, let's keep rolling with that because this is gold and, and this is real and vulnerable. And a lot of people could hear this and it could be polarizing. They could say, ah, well, you know, I, I don't know that I really want to become that shark, that big of a great white shark. And I want to really put myself in those sorts of situations all the time. Maybe I'd rather just fly under the radar a little bit, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. So when we talk about balance, which is also very important, balance is so subjective. Balance for me looks different than balance for you. So what are some things that this large ambition, high striving, high performing mentality that you have created, like you, let's let, make no bones about this. You created this and it's incredible to watch, but what has sort of fallen at the wake of, of these decisions that you look back on and say, ah, I'm glad I did this, but ah, man, I, I probably would have done this had I get, gotten the opportunity to do it over again. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what we don't know. So while I was growing up, um, I spent a good amount of time with my kids, but I probably was not totally present with them. I was still thinking about work, you know, while my kid was four years old, running around the backyard, uh, looking at my phone or what have you. So I would say that if I did it over again, there would have been a higher level of presence. I'm proud of the fact that every year, you know, I took two weeks off at Christmas and took my kids somewhere virtually their entire life. And that. I was a soccer coach and I was a hockey coach and I spent a lot of time with my kids, but the, the mental nervousness in my mind was so fixated around becoming successful during my twenties and thirties that I probably didn't enjoy my downtime as much as possible. And I was out of balance. You know, I put the kids to bed and I'd go work till two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I did grind it out. I have to admit there were periods of times when I worked 16 hours a day for years but I was so hungry to not be average that that drew me in. And a lot of people don't have that same hunger. You can feed that hunger, by the way, Wes. I really believe you can by constantly asking better questions. What's my life about? Writing out your eulogy, having a meaning and a purpose to make a difference, thinking about the people that are suffering in the world and thinking you have a better advantage. You know, we get to work out. 
my dentist is on the sixth floor and often people, I meet them up in the waiting room and they go, how come you didn't take the elevator? And I said, cause I can take the stairs in life. There's things we can and get to do. I get to work out. I appreciate that. You get to have your own voice. At the end of the day, I say your voice is your choice. And if you're beating yourself up, if you're playing the victim, if you're telling yourself you're a loser, just own the fact that that is your choice. And if you're not upgrading your programming to give yourself a better inner narrative, shame on you. That's the first job you should have the moment your eyes are open. And most awareness throughout the day is to be cautionary around your inner narrative because what's invisible creates the visible. If you tell yourself I'm a loser and I can't be successful knocking on doors, I tell myself, I love knocking on doors. I love prospecting. I love going after the client. Most people tell themselves a different story and that's why they don't take action. So good, Rock. This is gold, man. And, and I, I just love being able to see what peak level performance and mindset really looks, sounds, and feels like. And those of you, whether you're listening in your car, whether you're watching this episode, you can feel it, you can hear it, you know the difference. Um, so Rock, some of the most important things that you have uh, as you're very intentional, very purposeful with your life, let's talk about some of the, uh, the pieces in your routine on a daily basis. Obviously, the six o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the evening, that seems sacred. What else is sacred with you on a daily basis? Maybe some supplements that you take. I, I got some, uh, some brain octane fuel. Um, there's some bulletproof coffee that I take in the morning to help my focus, uh, and improve the cognition. So I've got some things. What about you? Any supplements, any routines? Let's talk about those. Remarkably, I take zero supplements, uh, not even whey protein, uh, nothing. You're an alien, dude. You're an alien. I am. Incredible. I love it. I, I mean, I will, I will have coffee probably four to five times uh, a week. I don't have any coffee machine at home. I will go out and have a Starbucks or something like that. It's more the social kind of get out and get out of the routine. Uh, I will have a couple of glasses of red wine or a cocktail once in a while. But other than that, uh, lots of water is kind of the way I go. I eat very light. I'm a hundred and uh, I mean, I'm 56 years old and I'm a 30 waist and Whoa. I'm a ripped freaking athletic machine. Like I, I like to do push-up contests with people in their twenties. It excites me. You know, you, you, you got, you guys got to see a picture of rock and I'm sure you'll check it out as you're listening to the podcast, check it out. I mean, the guy's got veins running through every single, uh, you can see every vein in his forearms. The guy is just ripped. Um, and, and it's incredible and- to see that it, 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 there is no diet. There's no, it, there's no uh, purposeful eating, no, no vegan options or preferences in those. Well, there, I mean, there is, I eat salad usually twice a day and a piece of fish or a piece of chicken. And I snack on nuts and very lightly. Yeah. Once in a while I have some licorice and popcorn. I mean, I, I'm not, I, I do cheat a little bit in my, my rules, but I know it serves my body. I know it feels well, good and light is good. We overeat, more people overeat. Yeah, would I like three or four more pounds of muscle on my body? Yes, I would. Uh, but it's not like if I go through my questions, is it worth it to get that? Not worth the extra effort of walking around with a Tupperware of you know uh, chicken and uh, and sweet potatoes like I used to do to to bulk up. I don't sure. feel the need anymore. Um, so I eat light. That's the main thing. My routines are around my self talk mostly. And I, like I said, I work out about four hours a day. I was uh, practicing chipping and putting before I came on the call here because I got a golf course in the backyard here. Uh, I've already worked out. So I got two hours in and I'll do some more later. 
So Rock, as we close this thing out, the most important thing to you moving forward, the, the, the last phase of your life, the mission, the vision, and the last sort of phase of your life is what? Yeah, so my big mission right now is to help people that are um, struggling in their life with their inner narrative and then to create three major goals. Number one is for them to become financially free through passive income vehicles. I have 36 streams of income. I'm very good at making money. I've been purposeful about changing my money blueprint so that I'm comfortable around money and with money. Most people have not been purposeful around that. So I like to educate people in that area. Number two is around energy. I really think energy is the edge. So if you can get yourself to have the cells in your body feel more alive and mentally have clarity and become obsessed about that, then I think you get the edge on other people because most people are, I'm overwhelmed, I'm tired, I don't feel like it. The phrase, I'm not in the mood and I don't feel like it, usually is a downfall of most people. That, when that phrase shows up, I just power through it in most cases. And then the final piece is around you know, partnership or relationships. We, have, we are so clumsy in our communication with each other. We're, we're awkward, we're unkind, we're difficult, we're cutting, we're blaming, we're criticizing. So I like to help people improve their relationships with their spouse, with their children, with their significant others, what have you, by going through simple things like the five love languages or celebrating partnership with Alison Armstrong. And when you have great relationships, amazing energy, and you're financially free, then you live life on your terms. So I've created an organization and an ecosystem where people actually go into a greenhouse where it's opulent and plush and full of that conversation for those three areas. And that is the mission of my life. So how do we find this? I want to be involved in this. What does that look like? Can people like myself get involved? People like the Creating Space listeners, can they get involved? What does that look like, Rock? Yeah, so there's an application process because what we've learned is that some people just aren't ready to step into that greenhouse and be coached at the level where they're going to play full out. Not everybody makes it to the major leagues. Not everybody makes it to the minor leagues. So what we do is we go through an interview process. People can apply at goM1.com, G-O-M-1.com. They can go to my website and fill out an assessment form and application at rockthomas.com. They'll actually get a free book of mine at the same time. And through that, they'll get into my ecosystem. And maybe they'll start by just being, you know, in, in our Facebook group that's free. Uh, maybe they'll get a $50 product or a $200 product. Or maybe they want to learn how to have more time and get a $300 product called the Sunday System for Success. We meet people wherever they're at, whatever you want. You want to go all the way, then the conversation, you have to go through an application process so we can make sure that you're not going to waste your money. I say to people, I don't want your money. I want your success story. Your money is your accountability partner because I've tried giving away my coaching for free before. It doesn't work. No skin in the game. People don't show up. Right. Love it. So I'm going to link all those up. Go M1.com as well as rockthomas.com. And Rock, we're going to create something special uh, for the Creating Space tribe that I'm really excited. And we'll link that up in the show notes as well. Rock, it's, it's, it's super inspiring just to see more and more people being able to take in account how much their inner dialogue, their thought processes are manifesting their life, creating their life, and that you can reprogram that the, the words that you say uh, so that you can create the life that you want to live. Um, Rock, I'm just so excited to be able to, uh, to have you on the show, man. And, and I look forward to potentially uh, working underneath you, man, and, and, and seeing some results that come along the way from the 
from the M1 and the Go Abundance group. Yeah, well, you know what? You've got that vibration. You've got that, that it factor. You've got a hunger. It's like I've gotten better at kind of sniffing that out with people. And I love to interact with people like you. So thank you for having me on your badass show. I really appreciate <laughs> it. And hopefully we've touched some lives in our conversation and somebody can relate. Absolutely, Rock. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Man, what a conversation that was. That was fun, right? Uh, the, way I, the way I sort of visualize it in my head is there's, there's different types of conversations. There's the conversations that you have with people who are, whose vibration is like a go-kart. And then people whose vibration is like a Volkswagen Beetle. Then there's people who have a conversation, maybe like, uh, maybe like a Ferrari, right? And then there's conversations with people with vibratory energy like rock, and it's like a fighter jet, man. Uh, it's as if you're in the cockpit of a fighter jet and you're feeling G-force, you're feeling the waves of energy that he transfers. That It's belief, it's power behind what he says. And there's no... Um, it, it, it's no coincidence why he stands on stage with Tony Robbins and he uh, is, is working. I mean, literally right now he's down at Date with Destiny uh, in Florida with Tony Robbins and doing incredible work in the world to transform more and more lives. So with that being said, have a great fucking day. And if you want to take a second and make my day, I would love for you to get into the show notes Click the button that says review or rate this podcast and spend 30 seconds writing to me why you love this podcast and why you keep coming back. I get a ping every time those happen. Um, and I love every single time being able to read how you guys uh, feel about this show and what it's able to do for you. So I love and care for every one of you guys. And I hope you have an awesome day. And if you want to hit me with a five-star review, your boy will be uh, halfway to the moon just because of you guys. All right. Talk to you guys soon.